thank you for, for moving up. I promise not to spit very far, so. <laughs> Let's pray. Father, we just thank you tonight for today that you've given to us and the gift of life. And we've come tonight to hear from you. I know, Father, our, our expectation is every time we come to church and someone brings a word of God, we are expecting to hear from you. But we're, we're looking to hear from you in a more intimate way. We're looking to hear from you for what it is you want to say to us on your own initiative. And so, Father, we just want to draw closer to you. We ask you to guide us by your spirit as we do this. I've never done this before, and to my knowledge, none of us have. So we're just going to set our eyes on you, and then we're going to trust you to do what you want to do with us. And so we just thank you for this ahead of time in Jesus' name. Uh, I, this was triggered because I was watching someone last week, and uh, I didn't even realize I was doing some, went this Wednesday night. And it, I was touched by what I saw a pastor do. And I don't ever want to imitate another pastor, but it really touched me. And as I've begun to pray about it, um, it's just become clear to me. Church in our mind is, is, is so often we come to this building and we're expecting to receive a word or, or teaching and we may take notes, we may be more edified when we leave. But we come to receive and, and that's fine. But this is, this is a, we need teaching, we need to be built up, we need to be edified. We're, we're learning more and more, especially through covid that it's not just coming to be edified and to hear a word from God, but we need each other. We need contact with each other, and this is why we're, we're beginning to expand, develop and expand our, these small groups. We've done small groups on, on some level for years, but the focus of this is more relational. It's more developing relationship and, and allowing the Holy Spirit to minister to us through, through that relationship. Um, but there's a dimension that I've become aware that we're missing. And it's not that we're missing it, it's you don't know it unless God shows it to you. And I just believe God's call, I know he's been calling me and, and some of the others that, that here on staff, but I believe God's calling us to something different. Different's the wrong word. At, at another level. And it's this, I believe. I've just been praying, how can I get what's in my heart out? And then, then we're going to do this, whatever this is. Um, it's not that we come to hear what a man has to say or a woman has to say. And I know you've all been around long enough, you know that. But still, that's what we're looking for. We're looking for somebody in that pulpit. And that's fine. That's, that's, that's good. Or we're looking for somebody to say something to us or, or, or hug us when we need a hug. But there's one party we leave out of this, and that's God. We come to hear what he has to say. We come to receive what he has to, to give. But do we really come to give back to him? I know we give tithes and offerings. And, and I, know, I know we sing worship songs to him, and I know that. But what God wants is something more intimate, more personal. And what, what they did in this service, is, and I, he didn't even start out to do this, is they just came together to seek to see God, whatever that might mean, to open their, their hearts to him. And as I was meditating on this and praying about this earlier today, uh, this, this came to me, and it's just it's still kind of growing in me. Um, 
I, I mean, I started with the scripture we've prayed for years. Uh, if my people are called by my name, will humble themselves and seek my face and turn from their wicked ways. I will hear from heaven and I will hear their land. There's so many components in that. But I, as, I was just meditating in, in some things that are in the book of, and I've almost never taught the book of Revelation. But there's such a powerful image here that I believe God wants to, sh- to show us and then invite, he's inviting us to draw nearer to him. He's a God of relationship. And, you know, you've heard that for years. But he's a God that hungers for relationship with you and with me and with us together. Think of the price he paid so that he could have this most intimate relationship. He not only paid that price, but he sent his spirit to live in us, to enable us to do that. He's designed you and me so that we can draw near to him. He's designed you and me so that he can draw near to us and we can interact with one another. And if you want to get a flavor of the passion of that, just read through the Song of Solomon and realize that's an image of God expressing his passionate love relationship for the nation, nation of Israel. But the, the kind of picture I got even coming over here is as John opens up in the book of Revelation, and we're not going to put scriptures up, I don't want to be, we get so professional. We get so professional at church, we miss him. Jesus wasn't sophisticated. He didn't have screens, and they're fine, they're helpful. He, he didn't have all the stuff that we have, and yet he turned the world upside down. The disciples that didn't have anything like we have, but they knew God, they knew him, they had a relationship with him. And this is what this next generation is craving, is something authentic. And it's not the smoke, and it's not the lights, and it's not the sound. It's a real living relationship with a real living Christ through the Holy Spirit. So here you have the Apostle John, the last of the living apostles. They've all been martyred or died somewhere, and he is the last of the living apostles. Isn't it interesting? He's known as the Apostle of Love. I don't know if that's a coincidence or not, but he's been, he's been exiled to the Isle of Patmos. So he's alone. There's nobody else to have church with. There's no internet. There's no social media. There's no cell phones. There's no way he can have contact with anyone else. So what's he doing? It says, I, John, both your brother and companion in the tribulation and the kingdom and the patience of Jesus Christ was on the island that's called Patmos, Patmos because of the word of God and the testimony of Christ. So he was sent there because he was preaching the gospel. And here's the key. I was in the spirit on the Lord's day, and I heard behind me a loud voice as of a trumpet saying, I am the Alpha and the Omega, the first and the last. What you see, write in a book, and send it to the seven churches which are in Asia, to Ephesus, Smyrna, Pergamos, Thyatira, Sardis, Philadelphia, and to Laodicea. And I turned to see the voice that spoke to me, and having turned, I saw, and then he describes the vision that he saw. He's all alone on the Isle of Patmos. But what's he doing? He's seeking, he's seeking the Lord. He's seeking the Lord. We don't know 
whether he was on his knees. Supposedly, when they found him and buried him, his knees, knee, knees were so thick with calluses because of all the time that he spent on his knees. But he's seeking the Lord. He's not, he's not looking for things. He's just seeking the Lord, and he gets in the Spirit, and we can get kind of spooky. What does it mean to be in the Spirit? To be in the Spirit means you're so much more conscious of the Spirit on the inside of you than that you are the world that's around you. And you, you know that you, you're, you're there or have been there when you lose all track of time and you really come to the place where you lose an awareness of where you are or even who you are. And it's in that intimacy. See, that Spirit is in all of us if you're a Christian. The Holy, you have God's Spirit in you. You've been born of His Spirit, and you have His Spirit in you. So there's no distance to communicate. The Holy Spirit didn't have to come down out of heaven and meet Him on that island. He came on His knees on the Lord's Day and opened His heart to meet with His Lord. And so He got into the Spirit. He in this, this place, this setting which is not in the circumstances of life. It's not in the comfortable chair. It's not in the air conditioning or the eating. It's in here. It's drawing into here. And, and you can't just do that at the flip of, flip of a switch. You have to be developing that. You have to be praying in the Spirit. You have to be seeking God. You have to spend time with Him. And the more you do that, the more you have confidence and can open your heart to allow Him to begin to share with you what he wants to share with you. And it's nice to hear it from somebody in a pulpit. It's nice to hear it when somebody prophesies over you, but it's a whole lot better when God communicates it to you one-on-one. So what's the result of this? God dictates to this man of God that loved him, God dictates seven letters to the seven basic churches which were in Asia Minor at the time, which is now Turkey. And that's the other thing I want to get into. He has something specific to say to each of these churches. He knows where they are. He knows what they've done well. So for most of them, he says, I know your works. Notice he didn't say, I know your faith. I know your works. I know what you've been doing. And it's not all that he talks about. It's not all giving things away. In some cases, he says, I know you've resisted certain teachings. I know you've, some of you have been through persecution and you've held on to my name, but I know what you've been through. I know where you are. And this is what I tell you, I see you've done right. And see, there's no debate there. It's not like, well, that guy really missed it here when he said this about the church. And I don't know if I can try. This is Jesus the head of the church. And the first thing I see here is he knows each church. He knows us intimately. And he knows us at a level that matters to him that most of the time we're unaware of. I was reading a quote this morning by St. Augustine. It was just, it was a clip of one in something else I was reading. St. Augustine talks about how well, let me go back. When I woke up this morning, and you may have never had this experience, I didn't want to get up. Am I the only person that's ever had that experience? I didn't want to get up. It was, it was, it, it was, I had a wonderful sleep. I know when I get up, Molly's got to go outside in the dark, and it's cold, and the grass is wet, and it's much better in here. And I, so I just kind of rolled over, and I, you know, I'm just, I'm meditating. I'm thinking about God. 
and the bed's nice and warm, and you know, why would I want to get out of that? And I'm, I'm not fully awake yet. But I can't do anything any good until I get out of bed. And St. Augustine refers to most Christians are living in a half-awake place. They're half asleep and half awake, and they don't know they are, because that's reality to them. That's the way they, they live. And there are a number of places in the Bible where it talks about being awake. Ephesians talks about that at least twice. He says, awake sleeper. And, and he talks about, we're, to, we're the children of the light. We're to walk in the light. So, so, so much of the church in Jesus' eyes in these letters is this half asleep. We go through the motions. Get up in the morning. And I'm talking about faithful Christians. And that's you, because you're here on, on a Wednesday night. Get up in the morning. You read your Bible. You pray. You're, you're faithful to your, your spouse. You're, you do your job. And you come to church faithfully, even on Wednesday nights. And you guys are so faithful. And it's like, and, and, and we just, we go through the motions. And we have tri- trials in life. And we pray. And we have prayer groups that we contact. And, and all of that's wonderful. And all of that's good. But Jesus is waking these churches up to say, there's more. There's more that you're missing. And it's this more that I believe God is calling us to. Because this is not going to be enough. Not with what I believe we're facing. This is certainly not going to be enough to get the job done that God's called us to do. Because in order to do that, we have to have a power working through us. And that power is the Holy Spirit that comes out of a a living relationship with him, experiences with him. Paul and I spent three days a couple of weeks ago, and Anita was with us, did some fasting and praying in here. At the end, I felt the Lord begin to speak to me about some things he wants to do in our lives. But that didn't come because I spent 20 minutes one morning. There's a determination that we had to hear from God, and and to pressing in to hear from God. And I believe there's a reason that God's leading me to do this tonight on a Wednesday night with you. Because a lot of people just go over their head. They don't understand it. But you're here because you have a hunger for God. You have a desire for God. But we get half asleep. And the the, the concern is we don't know we're half asleep because we don't know what it's like to be awake. Have you ever had the experience of suddenly... You can see, well, I remember what it was like the first time I ever flew in an airplane. And, and, and I was a little boy, and my father was taking me somewhere, and we're in an airplane, and it, those were, they had propellers that went around in those days. And we take off, and, and it, was, it was rainy where we were. And we, we take off, and the, and the plane goes up above the clouds, and I was shocked. On that same day, the sun was out. But the sun was out above the clouds, and I didn't never knew that as a little boy. I just thought if it's raining, the sun's not out, so it's, I don't know where it is. But, it was, it, but once you've had an experience of something you've never seen before, you're never quite the same because you know there's something there. You may not be there all the time, but you know there's a place you've tasted, there's a pl- thing you've experienced that's there, and that, that, that you're, so you're never satisfied with something short of that. And that's what I believe God wants to, the Spirit of God wants to draw us into. And so Jesus speaks to the Apostle Paul, the Apostle John, who is in this, he's in a position to hear. That's what I want to say to you. He's in a place to hear. He's in the Spirit. 
So all the things that are confusing in life have been shut out. Of course, that's easy to do when you've been exiled. But we live in a, we live in a, li- in a life, in a culture, in a time when everything is just flying at us. And, it's, and, and 90% of it, I believe, is to distract us. To distract us so that we're never at peace. So we're never quiet enough that we can hear the Spirit of God on the inside of us who wants to help us and give us wisdom and give us direction. And even more than that, he may want to correct some things in our lives because none of us are perfect. We all need some correction. And so John was in a position so that he could hear. So that he could hear. And then when he's in that position, now Jesus begins to reveal himself. Now, he knew Jesus. He obviously had a relationship with Jesus. But Jesus is able to reveal himself in a dimension that's beyond perhaps anything John had experienced before. And John knew him. I mean, last time we know that John saw him in a close-up relationship, he was lying with his head on his shoulder, on Jesus' on chest. He's not doing that now. He does, Jesus doesn't look this way now. He's here in all his glory. But he's revealing himself, and he has something to say. He has something to say to the churches and something different to say to each one of the churches. And he gives them a report card. These things you've done well, I know your works in this area, and then in all but one of the churches, he says, but in this place you've fallen short. And then he tells them what to do. So there's some churches where, where they've allowed... The first one is he says, you've done all this well. I know you've tested your doctrines. You've held on to my name. But this one thing I have against you, you've left your first love. You're doing all the right things. You're going to church. You're not getting caught up in some of the distracting things that are out there. But your motive for it, you've lost touch with me. I'm what this is all about. It's a love relationship. And so he, he, but he doesn't just say this is what you've done wrong. He tells them what to do. He says, so repent and then go back and do the things you used to do. Those of you who've been married long enough, you understand because of the daily activities, things can get stale. This is why it's important to work on your marriage and go back and do the, the things you didn't begin with and date one another and, and do little things that stir up that early passion that you had before. And Jesus is saying the same, the same thing. And then he gets to the end of the church at Laodicea, the lukewarm church. And it's interesting, as you read that letter, he's severely correcting them because they're lukewarm. And he says an amazing thing. He said, he said, you're neither hot nor cold. I'd rather you hot or cold. So he's saying, I'd rather have you cold than lukewarm. That's an amazing thing because when you're cold, you know you're cold. Ladies, is that right? When you're cold, you know you're cold. It's amazing in this room. It's so hard to get everybody happy because you have some people are hot and some people are cold. But you know you're cold. When you're lukewarm, you don't know where you are. You're comfortable. And Jesus said, I'll spit you out of my mouth. But then he says, I'm doing this because I love you and I'm giving you a chance to repent and to change. So he had some severe things to say to these churches, to some of these churches, but he said them out of love. So the question I've been asking, and I've done this before, well, if you know where the church of Smyrna was, the church at Philadelphia, the church at Thyatira, I always have to pronounce that one, Pergamos, Laodicea, 
and all the and the other two. If you, if he knows where they were specifically, then he knows where Faith Christian Center is also. He has a view of this church. Notice I didn't say opinion, because opinion is an educated guess. He doesn't get. He knows where we are spiritually. And he knows where you are spiritually. And he knows where I am spiritually. And he wants to show us. He wants to tell us. Not because he's angry, but because he loves us and he's calling us to something that's so, so much better. But to do that, we have to be willing to do something we're not normally used to doing, and that's to press in. And that takes time. It takes an intentional determination. Again, as I started by saying, this didn't happen by accident. John was in a position so that Jesus could speak to him. Then the other interesting thing in these letters is that Jesus says at the end of them two things about each of these churches. He says, to him who overcomes, and then he makes a promise to those that overcome. That tells me several things. First of all, it tells me there's going to be something that we have to overcome. There's going to be something that you have to overcome, and it most likely will not be just one thing. And notice he didn't reward those who didn't overcome. He rewards those who overcome. And, and, and the obstacles to overcome are the opportunities to us to become stronger, the opportunities for us to become closer to him, because what do the obstacles do? They draw us closer to him. We, in, time of, in time when everything's well, we just come to church, we go through the motions. But when the pressure's on, when COVID hits, when, when the economy tanks, when, when 9-11 happens, the churches were filled. Why? Because people needed to hear from a God that they weren't used to talking to. And so God uses those opportunities to draw us closer to him. So there are going to be things we have to overcome, and he wants to prepare us. That's what he was doing for them. And then the last thing he says to each of these churches, which is so significant. In fact, it was the title of the very first message I ever did in this church before I was ever on staff. He was ears to hear. Let him hear what the Spirit is saying to the church. So the Spirit wants to say something to Faith Christian Center. So you're the pastor. Do you know what it is? No, that's why I'm here. I believe this is part of what he's saying to us. The Spirit wants to say something to you about your walk with him, your life with him, your future maybe. I don't know. But do we have ears to hear? There's a decision that Anita and I have to make. It's not a big decision. It's just it's a, something we either need to spend some money on or not spend some money on. And God began to get my attention a while ago. He says, you know, you make those decisions without asking me. I mean, major decisions, of course I'll ask you. But, but you know, this is, this is not whether to buy a stick of gum. But this is whether to spend a little bit of money on something about our house. And I went there and I said, you know, first of all, I don't even know if we're in agreement on it. I'm just going to make the decision, and I can't just do that. But secondly, we haven't asked God what to do. And then I found myself getting nervous. So when I get nervous, I want to know, why, why am I nervous, Lord? He says, because you're afraid of my answer. 
And he said, you will not hear what I have to say if you're not willing to do what I tell you to do. So when he said, Jesus said to these churches, he who has ears to hear, let him hear what the Spirit is saying. He's not questioning, obviously, whether you have something on which to rest your glasses. He's not even talking about whether you can hear these words. He's talking about, is your heart in a place where you can really hear what I want to say to you? Because if you're not ready to do what I'm going to tell you to do, then you're not really going to hear. You may hear words, but you won't hear them in a way that will bring about change. And those of you that have ever had small children understand that because children hear what they want to hear. And in God's eyes, we're children. So I want to begin to do this. I don't know how to do this. I'm just going to begin. We'll just maybe worship a little bit, pray a little bit. It it, it may be to sit quietly and just get at peace. I'll come in here sometimes and I'll just sit and just get quiet because everything's racing in our lives, even in here. It's so easy to run into the office and do something or go and just sit and learn and discipline myself. I'm going to sit here for a half an hour and just be quiet because only when you're quiet can you really hear what God has to say. But I want to start out by just drawing our heart towards him just begin to, to just let's stand up. We're just going to worship. We don't need music. This is, we can, we're just, see, God, God doesn't want to hear our music. He wants to hear our hearts. And the music's wonderful. It really helps us. But there's time when, when he just wants to hear your heart and my heart and our hearts collectively reach out to him and just begin to love him. And the wonderful thing about God, he'll meet you where you are. So if, so if you're here tonight and you're standing or you're watching online and, and, and you're, just, you know, you're just cold, you're just, you know, I'm able to hear from God, or maybe you've messed up something and you know, he, still, he still wants to be here with you. He's not waiting for you to get to a certain point. He just wants you to open your heart to him, to begin to draw near. I think as James says, if you draw near to God, he'll draw near to you. And, and you may come out of tonight and have heard nothing, and that's okay. But the exercise of drawing near to him. So we're going to, sp- going to spend some time tonight and just begin to do that. So, Father, we just come to you. We just, uh, and I'm not, just, I'm not going to lead this. I'm just going to start. Father, we love you. We worship you tonight. We just want to draw, we just want to draw near to you. We just want to quiet down and and let go of all the cares and the issues of today, the cares and issues that are in our life right now, that are on on that list of decisions that have to be made, the cares that are that are in our life today right now, whether they're family members or or whether it's even in our old household or maybe it's our finances, it's things that are pressing in and trying to vie in our heart for the place that belongs only to you. Seek first the kingdom of God and his righteousness, and then you'll take care of everything else. So we come to seek you tonight, to seek you tonight, Lord. 
seek you tonight. Just to love you tonight. Open our hearts to you tonight. Begin to worship you tonight. Just begin to pray. Just begin to pray out loud. Just begin to talk to him. Lord, thank you. Thank you, thank you, thank you. Don't stand there and listen to me. Thank you, Lord. We worship you. We worship you, God. We worship you, God. We worship you. We worship you. We worship you. We worship you. We worship you, Lord. We worship you. I love you, Lord. And I lift my voice to worship you, O my soul, rejoice. Take joy, my King, in what you hear. Let it be a sweet, sweet sound in your ear. I love you, Lord, and I lift my voice to worship you, O my soul, rejoice, take joy, my King, in what you hear, let it be a sweet, sweet sound in your Just tell him you love him. Just reach your heart out to him and tell him that you love him. It may seem awkward at first. It may seem cold at first. But just do it as an act of faith. Mendere Sabayuki and Dedishapachukuru Totia Sapaki. 
Beberandi de Sabachancanio de Teresavo Cuperecio Tecchia, Echia Sencia Dante de Sacciacaro, Mendro de la Paredio de Sabachia Dente d'Asta Caccio de Sabachia, Dente d'Interassamanio Conde Savacia Caccio de Chi, Bombarande de Sacio Curon Dorciante Chia Tete de Sabachacaro, Membe Banjo Tondoro Sabachia Tete de Sabachocuro, Nende de Sabanio Tondo de Stabachocchi de de Sacciacia, e carate de slavaracu tosumiatakia, den caranju tondo dendo dos rasa babachukia, de kerenju tondo risa bachukia, de tedesha chaki, de tadasa chanta dosha babakate de teresa bachukia, babaranta rasa bachunku rosha padachante sakie, kia dente risu roshtondule pariukia tendo dasa bachakaru, dandarosa bachukia, just keep telling him you love him, keep telling him you love him. He loves to hear that. He longs to hear that from you. It may not feel like much to you, but it feels like wonderful to him. He longs to hear you. It says, Jesus said, my father longs for those who worship him, true worshipers in spirit and truth. And that's not just singing. That's bringing your heart to him. He longs to hear your love. He longs to hear from you. He designed you so that you could receive his love and he designed you so that you could give that love, return that love back to him. And you're a child, so he's not looking for how sophisticated you are. He's not looking for how glorious you sound. Any the child, the sound of a child to a parent warms their heart, especially when it comes from love. So just begin to give your love back to him. Praise him. Thank him for what he's done for you. Thank him for how good he's been to you. Thank you, thank you, thank you, thank you, thank you. Thank you. Yeah. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, thank you, thank you, thank you, thank you. Thank you, Lord. 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 Thank you. Thank you, thank you, thank you, thank you, thank you. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord. Thank you. Thank you, thank you, thank you, thank you. Thank you, thank you. Thank you, Lord. 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 Thank you, thank you, thank you. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord. And thank you, Lord. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord. Think of things he's done for you. Think of things he's done for you and thank him for them. Thank him for them. Thank you for the things he's done for you. Thank you. Thank you, Father, for his faithfulness. Let your mind go back over things he's rescued from you from, things he's done for you things he may have saved you out of, things that only you know. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord. <laughs> Thank you. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord. We want to press in. We want to bring our hearts to you, and we don't know how. We've never really done this before. Help us. We know you've designed us to do this. We know 
You've washed us in your blood of your Son. We know you put your Spirit in us to teach us. We want to press in. Press into those inner courts. Press into that secret place, that intimate place with you that you long for us to enter. Help us, Lord. Help us, Lord. Help us, Lord. You see our hearts. We come just as we are. We've never been here before. We don't know what to do, but our eyes are on you. Help us, Lord. Help us. Help us. Help us. Give us the confidence that doesn't depend on us. You paved the way. You've paved the way with your son's blood. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Jesus. We love you, Lord. You've been so good to us. So, so good to us. So good. So good. Draw us by your spirit. Draw us by your spirit so we can hear your voice. Those things we may be afraid of hearing, those things areas of our heart that we've tried to protect. Help us to see your face of love. That you're not angry, that you want to free us. You want to bring your light into those areas that may be dark in our hearts. Help us, Lord. Help us to see. Help us to receive. That we may hear your voice. That we may encounter you. We need your spirit. We need an encounter with you. We need to know your voice. We've come tonight, Lord. We've come by faith tonight that, that you will draw us closer.
Father, we're here to hear from you what you would say to each of us. And in different ways and in different levels, our hearts are hardened or, or clogged and it's hard for us to hear, either because of the issues of life or for whatever reason that only you know. But we're here tonight because we, we want to change. We want to open our hearts. We want to be able to hear what you have to say to us. And we trust you. You love us. You're not coming to punish us. 
You punished us by punishing your son. And you put our punishment upon him. So you're, you love us, but you, there are things in our life, there are things in this church, there are things, the way we do things that, that you want to speak into. And, and we've not known how to hear your voice. We've not taken the time or other things that are in our life are, are making it hard. And we, we want to learn to put them aside. We want to learn how to hear what you're saying. It's vital that we learn to hear what you're saying to us and what you want to say to us as a church. And we won't be afraid, Lord, because we know you love us. We know you love us. And so help us to hear. Give us ears to hear. Heal us ears to hear. Lord, help us. If our ears are clogged, help us. If our ears are plugged, if our ears are are closed, help us. We're here because we want to change. We need to change. We need to hear what you would say to us. We can't do this ourselves. It's only by your Spirit. 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 Thank you, Lord. Thank you, thank you, thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord. Teach us. Teach us, teach us, teach us, teach us, teach us. Paparatre sabayondo don kemabi de kiatan tatata. I want to do something. It's, it just keeps rolling around in me. Um, while I was praying and I was remembering when Anita and I first met, and I was very shy. I'd never dated anybody, and I was a junior in college. That's how shy I was. And I didn't know how to develop a relationship. And she would talk with me, and, and she really opened her heart up to me first, and I had trouble trusting to open my heart up to her. But that never would have happened if I hadn't talked with her if I hadn't said things to her and listened to what she said to me. So every time I was with her, I just had nice thoughts about her, but never opened my mouth. We wouldn't be together here tonight. And so often we do that with God. We come to church and we sit in a meeting like this and we think thoughts or we may mumble things. But if I just mumbled and never told her I loved her. And the more I told her, the more real it became to me. Then it never would have, we never would have gotten together. And it's like that when we come in a meeting like this. It's like that when you talk with God. He wants to hear your voice. So God can read our mind, yeah, but he wants to hear your voice because your heart's connected to your voice. And a lot of times we don't do that because we're afraid we're going to run out of things to say. Well, if I talk out loud to him, I, you know, I don't know. Like, like we don't have, first of all, like we're going to tell him something he doesn't know. But he needs us to open our hearts to him. And to do that, we have to open our mouth to him. So I'm, we're going to do an exercise. I've, I've heard it done before. And, 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 and I want to tell you ahead of time, you'll be uncomfortable. Okay? This whole thing's uncomfortable. 
and, and we're, we're much too comfortable tonight. And the Lord began to show me while we're praying, this is, this is the beginning of something we're going to do. This isn't the end. Because this is, a, this is something we have to learn to do. And you only learn to do it by doing it. And he wants us to learn to do it together. So, so I'm feeling awkward. I ought to have some answer for this. Uh, you know, I don't know what's going to happen. And I just feel... So what we're going to do is I'm going to have you stand. You can walk around. Stand. Not just, let me tell you what you're going to do. I want you to take one attribute of God. His faithfulness, His generosity, His compassion. Something that's meaningful to you. Okay? And I want you to begin to out loud thank Him for that in as many ways as you can. And, if, and you may run out of, okay? But just keep doing what you know about him to do. God, you're so faithful. You've been faithful to me in this situation and that situation. Because what, what you're going to do, if you do that by faith, there'll come a point where you'll get out of your mind and the Holy Spirit will begin to engage and show you things to pray, show you things to say. Because most of the time when we're praying like this, we're praying out of our mind. We're thinking of things, what am I going to say to him next? How am I going to say this to him? And the flow has to come out of your spirit. So we have to get beyond our mind, and you're only going to do that by pressing your mind to as much as you can think of, and then we're going to trust the Holy Spirit to engage with you. And if nothing happens after that, that's okay. So we're going to begin to do that for just a few minutes. So pick some, everybody pick something. Anybody need some help picking an attribute of God? You don't have to have unique ones. You can all have the same one. All right, okay. I don't want you to go to something else. I want you to stick on that one thing. And just out loud, you don't have to yell or scream, but out loud so you can hear yourself, I want you to begin to thank him for that attribute and begin to talk to him about that attribute. Go ahead. Thank you, thank you, thank you. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, thank you, thank you. Thank you. All right. Now let's find out how you did. <laughs> did anybody find that breakthrough? That place of breakthrough? I found relief. Huh? Huh? found some relief. Relief, okay. Anybody else? That means we didn't do it long enough. Because <laughs> the Holy Spirit's faithful. We're just so dull. We're so much in our mind that we're, we're, we, don't ever, we don't get to that place enough. And so we're going to learn how to do that. Not tonight. We're going to learn how to do that. I encourage you to try that at home. This is something you can try at home. Yeah, There's some things you learn, but you can't. But it's just I want you to, to try at home. Yeah. Just take five minutes and just take one attribute of God. And especially if you get alone, you just get really loud and get out loud. Because I had a breakthrough. I saw something I needed to see about God's faithfulness in situations where I, it doesn't look like he's faithful. Because I kept emphasizing his faithfulness, the Spirit of God began to open up a dimension to his faithfulness that I hadn't seen before. But I've been doing this for a while, but I've been practicing it. So I just want to encourage you, want to encourage you to do that. Encourage you to do that. I just felt 
the Lord impressed on me. This is something that, that we're going to learn how to do together. Yes. And I just sense his heart's pleased. Hallelujah. If we could just get a sense of how he's longed for his people, has longed for his people to come and see his face, to, to come to him. If my people, you can almost if my people, if my people would humble themselves, there's a humility in doing what we're doing. To admitting we don't know what we're doing. <laughs> we need your help. Prayer is a humbling of yourself, admitting you need help. If my people who are called by my name, he's given us his name, will humble themselves and, and pray and seek my face. Seek me. Pursue me. And turn from their wicked ways. I will hear from heaven. He doesn't promise to hear everybody. He says if you regard iniquity in your heart, he won't hear you. It doesn't mean if you've messed up. It means if you just hold on to it. If you're stubborn, he can't hear you. But when we open our hearts like this tonight, even if it was a feeble effort, he hears. He hears. Then I will hear from heaven. And listen, I'll hear your land. It looks overwhelming out there. He's longing for people that will do this. We're going to close in just a minute, but I just also had this in my heart. Is there anyone here tonight that you need prayer for you? All right. Praise the Lord. All right. Well, let's just close this by bringing this to the Father. We just, we've come here out of faith tonight. Most of the people that are here tonight are very faithful on Wednesday nights. They come. But they've come tonight, Lord, and others have come tonight because they want to draw near to you. And, and you hear that in our hearts. You hear that cry in our hearts. And, and it may just be a little whisper. But Lord, Lord, give us the confidence to keep coming, whether it's just not just here, but, but at home, or in the car, just to begin to learn to reach our heart out to you and to sing, sing to you. And let the Spirit give us song and, and, and pray out in the Spirit, communicate with you in the Spirit, Lord. So, Father, teach us how to do this together. Honor the faith of those that have come by faith and just stepped out tonight. And teach us how to break through the, the, the walls of our flesh, the walls of our carnality, the walls of our habits, and to break through into the glorious light of your presence. Like the disciples that sat up on that mountain when you went over and talked with Moses and with Elijah. Thank you, Father. Thank you, Father. Bless those that have come tonight. Bless those that have been online and not been spectators, but have reached out in their hearts. And we thank you, Father, in Jesus' name. Amen. That's it. No closing song. I sang all I'm going to sing <laughs> and all you want to hear, but I didn't sing it to you. <laughs>